You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton Postgame Show with Al and Jerry. All right, Al, no funny, weird noises on this post-game podcast. At least not yet. We're like 10 seconds in and so far, no, like uh, uh, Craig did today, which was kind of funny uh, by itself. But uh, we're going to talk some sports and some not. People love, by the way, when we don't talk a lot of sports and we do like lifestyle things. Yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, like the earlobe thing, like your shaving, all that stuff. And uh, we'll do, I guess, some of that, but, you know, some sports too. And I think one of the funny topics today was Craig. And at one point, I thought Boomer and Craig were going to go at it a little bit. When Craig was really mocking baseball and the uh, lack of athleticism that it takes to play the game. And in some cases, he happens to be right. And in other cases, he happens to be wrong. I played baseball my whole life. I played it up until college. Played a little bit in college, not a whole lot. He happens to be right. They're, they're, you know, if you're catching, it's athletic. If you're running for a ball, it's athletic. But 70 to 80% of the time, you're not doing anything. Right. You are running around the bases, get all that. You are sliding, very athletic moves, backhands and jump throws and all this stuff, athletic moves, but it's an idle sport. Right. They're they're momentary athletic moves. Absolutely. I love when a ball is hit the center field and the guy doesn't have to move. Like, I love seeing that. Like, wow, this guy just, and they're so super casual about it. Same way, like, um, even just ground balls where the guy just doesn't have to move. Sure, absolutely. So, and, yeah, I, I get that the catcher is up and I don't know how a catcher does all of that stuff. It's great. I, you know what? I did it. I like it. I did it the one game last year. I, like, I think catching uh, is awesome. This is what I don't like about the catcher and what I would try to figure out if I was a catcher how to change this part of baseball. You're the catcher. You're up and down every single play, every single pitch. You're standing, you're sitting, you're standing, you're sitting. I now as a catcher, I've got to cover first base for yeah, an overthrow. Absolutely, you do. no way. And you also have to yell out what base to throw to, especially when a ball's hit to the outfield. I mean, you're basically in charge of the field, and that's, that's what I always liked about it. And I, I wish. See, the only thing about catching, I I picked up on it really late. It was something in little league I never did, and I started fooling around with it in high school. To the point, if I'm not mistaken, I think I played my alumni game this past weekend, which was fun. Uh, not that I played much, but it was fun. And I, I saw our old catcher's guy, Randy Pangborn, who's now a state trooper, big, strong dude. I backed him up a little bit senior year, and then I really started to get into it, uh, getting into fall ball in college. And you are, the, even though you're not the captain, you're the captain on the field. You know, you're calling the balls and strikes. Unless you have a manager that's telling you what to do, usually that's up to you and the pitcher, and you're the one 
going on what you believe is the right pitch. You're the one telling the right fielder where to throw the ball. Uh, you're the one, if a guy's on third base and the ball sits to the shortstop, and all of a sudden the shortstop goes to first, the guy breaks, you're the one screaming, four, four, four. I love it. I think it's a great position, but it does beat you up. I never understood this, and tell me where this is about the catcher calling the game. So let's say you have a rookie catcher in there, and you have a veteran pitcher. There's no way that the rookie catcher's, you know, Telling him what pitches to throw. Which is why you see the pitcher shake off a lot. Yeah. Unless you've got a pitcher that truly believes in this kid because they worked a lot in spring training and you feel like you're on the same page. You're right, though. A guy with an ego on the mound, curveball. What do you got, your mind? But, what, no. but why is a why is a pitcher have to shake him off? Why doesn't he make the first decision? Well, how are you as the pitcher? Signal. I mean, unless you're going to. So left eyebrow raise fastball, right eyebrow raise curveball. So I mean, essentially you, the catcher's putting down fingers until he... He just randomly gets the one the pitcher Unless wants. Unless you get two guys that are in sync with each other where the pitcher just trusts him and throws what he puts out there. I see. And you do have a lot of managers that will call the pitches from the dugout, which I don't like. You know, the catcher, you're taking control out of the catcher's hands, and you'll always see him. He'll look over to the dugout, all right, put it down, and then the pitcher accepts it because it's coming from the dugout. Well, why does the catcher have to know I'm throwing a fastball? Because if he's throwing a curveball, how are you ready to catch the curve? Doesn't a catcher recognize the no. rotation you, you of the ball? should, yes, but there are certain pitches like a sinker ball looks like a fastball. A slider should look like a fastball, and it, just and it dives late. Right. Yeah. When we had our game in Brooklyn, John Halama, we go out to the uh, bullpen, and he's like, all right, here comes the sinker. So I'm ready for the sinker. I put the glove up. I see where the ball is. I start to turn the glove downward for the sink. The ball comes straight, hits me on the wrist. I had a welt like you, know, you I showed you, with the stitches ingrained in my arm. Yeah. Halama's like, yeah, that didn't sink. My bad. If I don't know those pitches are coming, you can't anticipate where they're going to go. Right. Jerry, more baseball. They're trying to speed up the game this year, and they, they're mostly complaining about pitchers taking too long and too many mound visits. So Joe Girardi had a good idea, and he's serious about this, I believe, that instead of uh, – uh, a pitching coach or Girardi himself going out to the mound, if the pitchers all had a Bluetooth uh, headset in, he could just talk to them through the the Bluetooth headset. All true. I love this idea. You do, do don't yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. so lazy. I love it. There's no walking. Could you imagine? You just Bluetooth them. The first time Terry Collins tries to tell Matt Harvey what to do? Yeah. He's going to rip that thing out of his ear and throw it at him. Or why don't we do this? Well, the Apple Watch is coming out. If everyone had an Apple Watch on, you the pitchers, watch the pitchers can wear a watch. No, Absolutely. And then you? you get a, a you get a text. He says, uh, you know, calm down no. here. You just got to get this next guy. What if guy. he gets hit on the wrist? Well, you, they'll have a, a extra. Remember Reggie Roby? He wore the watch, the, the, uh, the Dolphins punter. punter. I mean, remember how goofy that looked? Yeah. You can't be wearing a watch. I thought it was goofy when Joe Torre wore a watch, and he was a manager in the dugout. Most young guys, you know the young people, Jerry, we're all obsessed, like myself, we're all obsessed with our phones. Just have Matt Harvey bring his iPhone out in his back pocket I don't think on the mound. Do that. No, you can't. And do then when that. he feels it vibrate, he's like, "Oh, hold on, uh, right. pitching coach needs me." <laughs> Come on. Oh, he says to relax, calm down, and I should stick to my By fastball. The way, we're probably not that far off from something right. like that happening anyway. I would do that on one of With my the way teams. Technology's going. I don't know the whole idea of putting something in your ears. I guess. I mean, if a quarterback and and football players can put the headsets in their helmet, right. although it's tucked and protected, I guess there's no reason you can't put the earpiece in your yes, ear. Do it. I that, like it. But now I wonder this though: managers are only allowed to go out to see a starting pitcher 
The second trip, they're out. Yeah, no, this you could talk all day in his ear. Well, isn't that kind of annoying? I though? like that. If you're the pitcher, that's something to be worked out between the, the individual pitcher. Maybe some pitchers want to be babied. Other pitchers just say, shut up, stay out of my Bluetooth. Why can't a coach then, then I guess, according to your theory, a coach should be able to talk a pitcher through any at-bat yeah. then. See, that's the problem with it. Hey, this guy can't hit the ball low and away. Let's go yeah, low and away. Low make and these away, coaches do something, Jerry. They should study the teams. That way the pitchers like well, like uh, Matt Harvey could go out with his new models and stuff like that and then have to worry about no, knowing what every single batter is going to be on the other team. Let the coach that do that. part of the preparation? I guess. So you just well, want these guys now. to go out there and just throw. Yeah, just wing it. I guess. Seems a little bit... Uh... Not good. All right, uh, let's get on to uh, my my beloved Cowboys. So a study shows they are no longer America's team. The Green Bay Packers are, and I mean I, that doesn't surprise me at all. The Cowboys haven't been very good for a long time. They've had a couple of playoff appearances, a win here or there, but not much. The Green Bay Packers are damn good. Aaron Rodgers is damn good. They score a million points. Uh, this to me means nothing. I, I still look at the Cowboys as America's team because that's how I grew up with them being the fact that some Quinnipiac poll or whatever poll you got it, it from was a poll, Jerry. says it's 22% for Green Bay, 11 for the Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, they whatever. say 22% of America roots for the Green Bay Packers. Only 11% of America roots for the Cowboys. I bet you I bet you a higher percentage roots for the Patriots now than the Cowboys because they win. Yeah, but people, some people do still hate Bill Belichick. Of course, and people the still Packers, hate the Cowboys. The Packers don't have that hate. Uh, probably not, but the hatred for the Cowboys is still there. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you love him or you hate him, and I think the same thing, I think fans are all, uh, most most fans are, are fair-weathered fans. You've got your diehards, you got your fair-weather fans, and you got the next group that really don't care. They'll just go to a game because someone's got free tickets. Most fans, I mean, look at why, in the 1980s, who was the best, most popular baseball team in New York City? The Mets. Why? They won. Then in the 90s, it was the Yankees, and it's been the Yankees. Why? Because they've won. If the Mets become a dominant team now in the next five, six years, and the Yankees go the other way, it's a Met town again. Right. And if the Jets won the Super Bowl, you don't think everybody's going to pout in the town green? And the Packers went from having Brett Favre as a quarterback to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So there was no downtime of uh, crummy quarterbacks no, and not, crummy I mean, teams. And you had Rodgers having to wait his turn. Right. You know, plus they had Matchkowski, right? The Magic Man. The Magic Man. All right, I have the next story, right, Jerry? Do, Sometimes yes, I yes. get this confused. This is a really good one, as a matter of fact. Where am I? Oh, the empties. McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, McDonald's is experimenting with uh, serving breakfast all day long. Brilliant. This n- never made any sense to me why you wouldn't serve breakfast all day long. If I want a McMuffin and it's 2 p.m., give me a McMuffin. Yes. But they said that in the past, the, the kitchen preparation, I guess where they're making the McMuffins, they also make the hamburgers and they can't do everything at one time. But they are experimenting and having some breakfast items available all day long. Well, here's the thing. All you need, honestly, you have the limited breakfast menu 24 hours a day, full breakfast menu from 5 a.m. to 11, and you do the same thing with the food. You want to have cheeseburgers and hamburgers available at 8 a.m., damn it, have them available. Like, why not? There are so many different shifts now that people work. There's no rules. I mean, look at us. We're eating. I I could eat. I legitimately could eat dinner at 2.30. I also don't understand. Remember, like, if you say, well, what do you love about Burger King? People will say onion rings, right? Uh, not me, the Whopper. But they'll say, a lot of people say onion rings because yes. you can't get them anywhere else. Sure. Well, why not? Mick, Mick rings. I, you're not wrong. Just take whatever. Ever, now, let me ask you this. Have they ever made onion rings at McDonald's and it failed? Not that I'm aware of. Because they've tried a lot of different things Yeah, they do. Like, in the Midwest, they'll try the McDonald's pizza right. uh, for a little while, where they'll try That's different things idea. and test it and see how it does. Right. But I would just, if I was McDonald's, since they're the most powerful, 
I would just go to every fast food place that's that's doing well and take their signature item. No, like you got Arby's. Let's make a give me a Mc, beef McRoast beef. Exactly right. Subway does uh, sub sandwich McTurkey sandwich. Fresh. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm totally and I'm totally down with the egg McMuffins all day long because I think that's one thing that people never get tired of eating. And it's actually one of the healthier things to eat, too. And know what else they don't do? But I, I believe Burger King does. McDonald's does not. Is a veggie burger. I didn't even know Burger King did that. How do you not have a McVeggie burger? They should have a McVeggie burger. Who's buying a veggie burger these well, days? I'll tell you this. I worked in, uh, I used to work in drug fair when I was in high school, and it was next to a Burger King. So that's where I would go on my breaks to the Burger, to the burger King. And there was a large Indian population uh, in Edison, New Jersey, where okay. that was. Indians from India. Right. Not American Indians. I get it. So a lot of them do not eat meat. And that Burger King had a Whopper no meat on the menu. Really? Yeah. So it was the whole, the Whopper bun, the tasty bun with the sesame seeds, uh, and all the fixins, just not the meat. And that was like the most popular item. So it's basically lettuce, tomato, and uh, a bun and some mayonnaise. Uh, onions. Isn't that something? Special sauce that you love. Special yes. sauce. So, special sauce. Special sauce. Special <laughs> exactly sauce. Right. Yeah. So I think you got to have something on the item for everyone. So that if you and your friends are going to go to McDonald's, you can't say, well, they don't have a veggie burger. Oh, yeah, we do. We've got the McVeggie I burger. I like that. That's actually pretty good. Now, you worked at the drugstore? Yeah, drug fair it was Did called. Did you ever? See, we had drug fair, too. They're gone now. Yeah, I think gone. They're, all they're all out of business. Yeah. CVS is now. At any point, did you ever think of becoming a pharmacist? I did because, well, no, well, I worked in the drug drug fair, which paid at the time four ten an hour is what I was making. That might have been pretty good, actually. A long time, time ago. Yeah. JFK Hospital in Edison had a far- hospital pharmacy, and in there they paid nine forty an hour. Well, what were you doing? So I got a job there. And all through college, I worked in the, the hospital pharmacy on the weekends. No kidding. For nine something an hour, and I was in there with all Rutgers University pharmacology students, but and I was going. I wanted to be on the radio, right? Yeah, uh, and they would all be like, "Why are you here?" I was like, "Well, it's nine dollars an hour, exactly right, double the other thing." But the classes, they I think I could have been a pharmacist because as a pharmacy technician, you do what a pharmacist does, then they check your work, right? So you're essentially doing it. But to get through pharmacy school was very looked very difficult. It was a lot of like all those classes with different um, uh, equations and stuff. All right, now I don't want to insult a whole yeah. profession, but oh, what the hell? Here we go. Doesn't your pharmacist just separate the medicine that comes in the containers? Uh, You're not yes. making the medicine. Well, I will. I will tell you what was was difficult to do in the, in a hospital setting is they mix uh, the IV bags. Okay, that and that sense. you have to be very precise because there's no way to check right, that. Right. So okay. in other words, here's a giant bag of fluid, and you're the pharmacist would have to put two cc's. I see. And you couldn't tell whether there's two cc's in there or ten. You don't know because it's a big bag. It's mixing with. One other I never understood. And please explain this to me quickly. How the hell do you read the prescription sheets? Well, that yeah, that's. How do I know I'm getting what my doctor prescribes when it's chicken scratch? You on that don't. Thing? Well, nowadays a lot of it's computerized, but back then for sure was not. Uh, Al, this one, this story is not surprising to me at all, and people are making a huge deal of it, and I understand because it's Tiger Woods, but this notion that Tiger, for the first time since 1996, when he was about 19 years old or 18 or 17 or whatever the hell age he was at that time, is out of the top 100 in world golf rankings. I don't know how he's supposed to be in the top 100. He never plays. He comes back, he plays, he pulls himself out you know, over the weekend because he doesn't make the cut or he gets injured. He might not play Augusta. 
I don't know, big deal? I don't think it is. Help a guy like me understand, Jerry. I'm not a golfer, okay. but I see old guys golfing. Sure. Arnold Palmer golfed for, he may still be golfing. Who I know. knows? Not at 86. I All right, but he golfed for a long time. Yes, he did. Tiger appears to be in great physical yes. shape. I don't understand how somebody with with a game like golf, which which doesn't seem to hurt you with age, how does a guy go from being the best in the world to people cannot name 30 golfers, and you're telling me he's not in the top 100? I just don't understand how that because happens. Because he doesn't play. Yeah, but when he does play, he's terrible. Like he he's, is because he's not why? playing enough. He's got a bad back. And the other thing about Tiger is Tiger was so good for so long. I've always I've always said this. Arnold Palmer made um, golf cool, if you will, or popular. And Tiger Woods made it really cool to play. It was all of a sudden, it wasn't just for geeky guys. I remember when I first started playing, I was like, oh, golf. Okay, well, what, what the hell? I might as well play. And all of a sudden, golf exploded with Tiger Woods' popularity. The field is so good around the country. There are hundreds of golfers that we've never heard of that are that can hit the ball as precise, as far. And that's the other thing about Tiger. When he came up, he could out-hit anybody. There was nobody that could come within 20 yards of the way he would drive the ball. So he was always hitting with short irons in his club, which means a lot more control and uh, consistency to the greens. Guys are hitting longer irons. Now these kids blow the ball by him. I mean, golf has become such a deep sport that he's just another—he's better than most. There's no question. But he's just another in a long list of good golfers now. So you think that Tiger's popularity got so many young people into golf, those people are now beating Tiger. Absolutely. That's that's what's happening. It's funny you say this because about two hours ago, I forget who tweeted. It might have been the Golf Channel. There was a Twitter post of a nine-year-old Rory McIlroy who was already tremendous at at nine years old. And he was on one of these little talk shows where he wrote a letter to Tiger Woods saying, look out, I'm coming for you (laughs) when I get older. Yes, that was the effect Tiger Woods had on a younger generation and why worldwide it is a massively popular sport. So your popularity with your updates on Boomer and Carton, there are kids right now gunning for you. I'll say this. Growing up listening to I Miss, I couldn't wait. Now, I'm not what Mike Breen is by any stretch, but I like the way he presented the updates, and I wanted to do certain things like him. We can't. It's a little different these days. We can't do certain things that they did back then. But, yeah, I mean, Breen certainly inspired me. I hope I'm inspiring someone else. I like it. Just like you should be inspiring producers all over oh, the world. Oh, yeah, definitely. And singers. And singers, right. Karaoke singers. Producing singers, mainly. Jerry, we're out of time. God, this goes fast. Peace I agree out. with people. I think we need a whole hour. An hour? I don't think I could sustain an hour. Probably not. Can you sustain 15 minutes? Well, this is 15 minutes. Well, I didn't mean this. Oh. <laughs> not really. Not with a little help. I'll see you tomorrow. Show. Wow! With the real stars of the show, Alan Jerry.